God. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Amen. He is good, and I'm thankful for the salvation that He has provided. And um, I do want you to pray. Um, I told the church Wednesday night um, to pray for Luther. And, um, you know, for the Christian, dying is not... um, well, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. We don't have to be troubled uh, when we face death. We don't have to be scared. But for a believer, we, we, still, we still are going to miss our, our loved ones until we get to be with them in heaven again. So I told Luther, I said, you're as normal as anybody. I said, uh, yeah, you're going to be sad. I said, you're leaving behind your, your wife and you know, family, um, but uh, you're going to be reunited one day. But I want you to pray that God will give him grace. Luther is a dear friend, a, a, just a wonderful man. Uh, but he needs our prayers right now. And uh, so I want you to pray for him. Uh, take your Bibles this morning and turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. And uh, we're going to look at um, uh, some verses on love. I'm, I'm preaching the message. I entitled it, uh, Love According to the Bible. Love according to the Bible is a lot different from love according to the world, amen? And uh, so uh, we, we went, we had the privilege last Sunday morning, uh, uh, I, I allowed my uh, wife to uh, escape for just a few hours, uh, but no, we got to uh, go hear Brother James uh, Cochran preach uh, in Eden, North Carolina, and I'll tell you, I am old, I'll tell you how old I am, I was going to say this. Uh, Kim, Kim said, now what's the name of the church we're going to? For, and I, Denise, I have no idea. In my mind, I had Victory Baptist Church. Victory Baptist Church. Victory Baptist Church. And so anyway, she put it in there, Victory Baptist Church. We drove right to the church. And she uh, had uh, been told by Miss Kathy that there's a, a back parking lot. And uh, she said, there's not a back parking lot here. And I said, well, I know it's Victory Baptist Church. And uh, I said, hold on, let me look at the text Miss Kathy sent me. First Baptist Church. Kim said, I can't believe that. I said, I can. <laughs> but we got there in plenty of time and, uh, and uh, heard, heard uh, him preach and enjoyed fellowship. But in his message, he, he made this statement. He, he was in First John. He said, the gospel of John tells us uh, how and what to believe. First John tells us how to behave. And so the Gospel of John, if you're ever concerned about how salvation really works, read, read the Gospel of John. It's, it's clearly stated that there's one way to heaven, amen? And that's through Jesus. John's Gospel, uh, it's plain and simple. But in 1 John, especially 1 John, you read and I read and we, we know how to behave as Christians. So we're going to look at that, but because... Uh, because we're in the month of February, and uh, most of us know February is considered the love month. Men, don't forget uh, your Valentine's, or don't forget your chocolate, or for you that buy diamonds, go get her some diamonds, amen? Uh, but uh, don't, don't forget your sweetheart. But uh, we're going to have a message. I usually preach a message concerning uh, love uh, around this uh, time of the year. Uh, if you remember uh, last year, uh, I preached a message on the love story, which I love uh, the love stories in the Bible of Ruth and Boaz. 
And so this week, if you want to read that on your own, uh, do so. It won't take you uh, 15, 20 minutes, but it is a beautiful love story. But let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse number 16. The Bible says, Hereby perceive, or know we, the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, or be willing to sacrifice our love and our lives for other people. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, I love this, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Preacher Weaver used to make this statement. He said, uh, it is hard to eat a God bless you. What he was talking about, if you see someone in need around you, whether it be food or whether it be love or whether it be prayer or whether it be money, whatever it is, but all you do is say, well, God bless you. Uh, that's not enough, church. Uh, sometimes people need uh, a hug. Sometimes people just need, hey, let me help you out here. Let me cook you a meal. Let me, let me do something for you. Let me give you a $20 bill to get you through the next uh, hour or so. And so when he made that statement, it, it really didn't sink into me at the beginning. It's hard to eat a God bless you. But as I've gotten older, I have realized, do more than just a God bless you. Amen. There's, there's people everywhere that need more than just a God bless you. And so uh, love, I, I want to start by saying this. Love does uh, very strange things to people. Um, it, it causes this. Listen to this. I'll share this every now and then, but it causes 58 million pounds of chocolate to be bought this time of the year. Can you imagine 58 million pounds of chocolate? It also causes $27.4 billion to be spent on gifts. Now, Mark, don't spend that much on Diane. Don't, don't do what you did last year. No, don't do that. But here's what I love. I was a youth pastor for uh, about 20 years, and, and, and I loved it. I was around young people all the time, Kim and I. We, we, for some, we loved it. We loved people uh, that, that were teenagers. Some people say, ooh, teenagers, they're, they're weird, they're strange. No, we, we spent our life. We, I still love teenagers. I think you're the greatest thing on this earth. But it, it does, love does strange things to teenage boys. When, when I watched young men in our youth group and in the Christian school over at Gateway years ago, but Anthony, when the love bug hit, it just caused funny things to happen to the boys. They started brushing their teeth. <laughs> Brother Michael, they, they started combing their hair, even washing their hair. And this is one of the most amazing things. They started using deodorant. They've never used deodorant in their life. Did y'all know this about your assistant pastor? Austin, until he met Melody, he never used deodorant. I'm kidding, Melody, okay? Don't you tell him I said that. But, uh, but love, the love of God. And by the way, the Bible has much to say concerning the subject of love. I will give you some homework. Not only read 1 John 3, but read 1 John 4. Um, Here's what the Bible 
says about love. First of all, it tells us that God loves us. Well, I thought I'd get an amen. The Bible tells us that God loves us. The creator of the universe, he loves us. He loves us. You say, how much does he love us? People say sometimes, I don't think anybody loves me. Let, me. let me remind you and myself, God loves us with an everlasting love. Everlasting. God loves us when we're good. God loves us when we're bad. God loves us when we're obedient. God still loves us when we're not obedient. So the Bible tells us that God loves us. The Bible also says, and you can go to uh, chapter 4, 1 John, look at verse 19. The Bible tells us that we're to love Him. The Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. We love God. Why? Because He first loved us. How did He love us? He loved us as sinners. He loved us as sinners. We cannot save ourselves, but God loved us as sinners. And then number three, the Bible tells us that we're to love one another. Uh, you say, well, now wait a minute. There are only certain people that I have to love, right? No, church. The Bible says that we're to love everybody. It does not say we are to love their sin. It, it does not say we have to go along with their lifestyle, but we're to love people. We are to love, there's a, there's a well, he's my age, I was going to say he's a young man, he's not young, but we have a man over to where Roger and I, uh, we don't lift weights anymore, we just run our mouth, but um, there's, a, there's a man over there that he's really, I'm just going to tell you, some people it's not easy to like. Y'all agree with that? Some people use, well, this man does not use the language that I would prefer him using there in the weight room. And uh, sometimes it's just not easy for me to like this gentleman. But God tells me that I'm to love him. And, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray for his salvation. We, we have a group now, a small group of, of believers in there, and we're, we're trying our very best to get this man saved. We're trying. You say, how do you do that? Well, first of all, we're just trying to love him. We're just trying to allow him to understand that we're just, we're just ordinary people. We're just sinners saved by God's grace. Uh, he's no better than us. We're no better than him. And so what he is going to need more than anything is for our love to be shown toward him. And it's the same true with you. I know you're around people. They're not easy to love. But because God loved you, because God loved me, we're to love everybody. We are to love everybody. Warren Wiersbe said this, the main evidence of maturity in the Christian life is a growing love for God, for God's people, as well as for lost souls. Don't forget, don't forget to love those who need Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 13, we'll probably look at this Wednesday night, maybe. The Lord keeps leading me there. But, but Paul was trying to convince the church that love is not just an emotion. Many of us, we know love is an emotion, but, but love is an action, church. 
Love goes into action if it's real love. Let me ask you, did, did God not demonstrate this on Calvary's cross? Did not action take place when Jesus died for our sins? It was not just, oh, I want to save you. No, he said, I'll provide a way to save you. I'll provide a way to forgive you of your sin. So sometimes we just, well, I just love people and, and I'll just tell them. That's good. But as I said earlier, go further than that. Show people, uh, Mike was talking about Miss Nancy. And I love Miss Nancy. Our church loves Miss Nancy. And, and uh, Miss Nancy, uh, in return, knows that Mike loves her and brought him a pound cake this past week. Well, that's, that's action. That's love in action. And that's how we as Christians, uh, we're to be. Now, our love, our love should be the same, first of all, toward God. Think about this. If God loved us, we're to love Him. You say, how do we demonstrate our love for God? Well, first of all, by our worship to Him. Just our personal worship to God. You quietly get along with God and and worship with Him, read His Word, and talk to Him. And then by our, our life of holiness, we, we have failed miserably as Christians to... No, holiness is not in Christianity anymore. Let me tell you this. God demands holiness. Uh, he does not beat around the bush. He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And so if you think, oh, you no, know, I'm exempt from holiness. No, we're not. It's still in God's Word. It's still from God. Be ye holy. And then by our service to Him, it's still a great joy to serve the Lord. I mean, I, He loved me enough to die for my sins. The least I can do is serve Him. The least you can do is teach Sunday school. The, the least you can do is come to church. The least you can do is learn to be faithful. The least you can do is sing. So God is so good to us. Our love toward Him should be very evident in our hearts. And not only our love toward God, and by the way, I only have two points this morning, but our love toward other people. Um, as I said earlier, not only to those that we like and we get along with, but do you know in Matthew chapter 5, God says that we're to love our enemies? Ouch! We have to love those who don't like us. Amen. There, there, there's no option here. God said, I want you to love every person on this earth. And um, sometimes we fail. Uh, and I'll give you a, an example later, but there's a couple good Bible examples of loving others. And you don't have to turn here for the sake of time, but how many of you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Remember the guy that was beaten and robbed and left for dead? And two religious people saw him, and they came upon him. And the Bible says there was a priest and a Levite. They, they should have known to take care of this person. But the Bible says they looked upon him one at a time, looked upon him, passed by on the other side. Looked upon him, passed by on the other side. But a certain man, certain man went to him, went to where he was, and had compassion on him. 
See, that was love in action. Took care of him, took him to the inn, told the innkeeper, you take care of him. If it costs any more, when I come back, I'll give you more money. That's Christ-like love. That's, that's love according to the Bible. I'm going to ask you, how many of us do that? How many of us see those that are in great need and we have the means to help? We have the means to make uh, show compassion and make a difference. But we're so caught up in our self, in our schedule. Well, if I had more time, I, I, I would do a better job of loving on these people or helping this person or taking care of my neighbor. I, I, I love this story. I was watching a, a special a few weeks ago. How many of you, how many of you have ever heard of Bart Starr? Bart Starr was a wonderful quarterback for the uh, Green Bay Packers. And uh, just, just a, a super, super guy, not only a great quarterback, but I didn't know this about Bart Starr. He, during the snow there in, in, in Wisconsin, he would take his snowblower, years ago now, he would take his snowblower. Now, I want you to understand this. I don't know all the star quarterbacks. I think Brock Purdy is a quarterback for the 49ers, Patrick McHolmes for uh, the Chiefs. <coughs> Think about them doing this. Bart Starr would take his snowblower out, do his driveway, and then go to his neighbors, driveway to driveway, driveway to driveway, clearing their driveways out. Now, I want to say this. That is love in action. That is looking for someone to help and making a difference. People, and he's, he was a superstar, but more than his, his football uh, uh, achievements, people talk about Bart Starr as the person. And I think that's far more important in, in our lives of, of, of what people are going to know. Man, that person took care of me. That person gave to me. That person did this for me. And so the Good Samaritan, what a great example and then very quickly, and I've, I'm going to use this, <laughs> two reasons. Um, one of my favorite Bible characters is Joseph. Um, and then the past two or three weeks, I've been in Genesis and studying the, the, the man of Joseph. I, I love him. He's, he's been so, uh, the story's been so instrumental in my life as a Christian and uh, teaching me how to love people, teaching me how to forgive people. And then here in just a few moments, the third reason the Holy Spirit led me to use him, uh, I'm going to have the opportunity to baptize two brothers. Uh, one of them's Jesse, the younger brother. The second brother is Joseph. And I said, okay, Lord, you're leading me to use this example, but I think it'll help you. How many of you know the story of Joseph? Uh, uh, you know, his dad made him a coat of many colors. And anyway, his brothers hated him. I'm just going to flat out tell you to make this story really short. His brothers hated him, hated him so much that they wanted him dead and didn't bother them at all. And, and uh, one said, no, let's, let's don't do this. And, of course, the Midianites come, and they said, let's sell him. Let's, let's don't kill him. Let's just get rid of him. Uh, it'd make us feel better if we just do that. Well, anyway, Joseph, and God was in the life of Joseph the whole way. So some of you may think, Man, is God with us in the bad? God's with us in the good times. God's with us in the bad times. Joseph went on down the road here. 
he, uh, he was uh, in, in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife lied about him. And so he's put into prison, out of prison because of God's providence. He was put second in command uh, there in the land because there was a famine. And, 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 and Joseph, when he had, and I love this, uh, Joseph, when he had the opportunity to get even with his brothers, um, he didn't do it, did he? Why, why did he not do this? Why didn't he take advantage, have them killed? I'll tell you why. Because he had love according to the Bible. That's why. He, he figured this out. <laughs> God, what do you want me to do? And uh, he knew what God wanted him to do. And so he gathered his brothers together and cried like a baby, revealed himself, and said, uh, God did this. God was in charge of the whole way. You see, sometimes, church, we may not think uh, God's in charge, but God's in charge. Uh, you sometimes say, I, and I, I have to get even with that person. But say, you just don't know what that person has done to me. You don't know what they have done to my life. Oh, I, I'm going to say this very, very kindly. You love them as God has loved you. I am to love them as God has loved me. You see, Joseph, yes, he was treated wrongly. Yes, he had every right, humanly speaking, to get even. Joseph, yes, he was in a position to punish his brothers, even to kill them if he wanted to. But Joseph chose the love according to God. And I challenge you and myself today, first of all, do you know the love of God? That's the, that's the first question. Do you know the love of God? Have you understood that you are a sinner? You cannot save yourself. Jesus died. He did everything possible to save you. The next step is yours. And by faith, you will call upon Christ and say, I am a sinner unable to save myself. Will you please save me? And God will do that. But then we'll ask you this, do you love others as God loves you? Uh, there may be some people in your life right now that you struggle with, and uh, you, just, you just love them, amen? Just flat out love them. It's all, all you need to do, do kind things for them, say kind words to them, and just be good what God wants you to be to them. And so church, it's, it's a wonderful thing to love, love other people. Enjoy the blessings of God's goodness. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. First of all, I'll ask you this question. If you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? Do you absolutely know, 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Would you raise your hand to say, I know I'm saved. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm ready to go to heaven. God bless you. You may put your hands down. If you couldn't raise your hand, we invite you to come today. We're going to Sing a song of invitation. It's to invite you to Christ. If you'd like to be saved, first of all, God will save you just as you are. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll declare you righteous. And He, He will love you for the rest of your life and take you to heaven one day. So if you're here without the Lord, you'd like to come and settle that, I'll meet you in front. And then I want to say this to the church. 
If you and your heart are harboring ill feelings towards someone and you know you're not right to do that, I invite you to come this morning and pray for that person and ask God to help you to love them the way that He loves you. Father, I pray you'll bless our invitation. Thy will be done. Lord, I pray that you will help us to be the Christians that will love others, to love you, uh, Lord, the way you deserve to be loved. And so thank you so much for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.